What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. So the day has come. I have changed my mind about keto as well as IF. And, and I'm going to get into why that is. Um, but first, before I do that, I have to explain why I had to change my mind in the first place and, and why I, I see this a lot as like a trend too on social media of other coaches sort of like bashing these dieting styles. And it's not so much the dieting style or the strategy that needs to be bashed, but it's sort of the, the uh, bastardization of these dieting styles. I don't know if that's a politically correct term or not. If it is or it isn't, I apologize. Um, but in my head, that's just what I think. We take these, these things that were intended for one thing and we totally just take them out of the context and then spin them. And I, this is, again, a diet culture thing. And this stemmed from the concept first of fad diets. Now, if you don't know what a fad diet is, it's a diet trend. It's something trendy. It's got a name. We're doing Atkins. Keto is can be considered a fad diet. IF can be considered a fad diet. They both can when they're used incorrectly. Um, you know, South Beach, Weight Watchers, um, you know, things like that that focus on creating a calorie deficit in an effort to control calories to lose weight. Now, um, why they're popular because people can see a lot of results on a fad diet, especially if you've never dieted before, um, dieted in this, in this context of this episode being, um, eating with the intent to lose weight, which I usually refer to as being in a calorie deficit, but that's a lot of words for the podcast. So for the context of today, when I say when somebody's dieting, we're talking about eating in an effort to lose weight. I eat a calorie deficit. Um, even though I usually just refer to a diet as the food that you're eating on a daily basis for today, we're referring to it in the traditional sense that people think of it in as an effort to lose weight. So they can work. So we it, this goes back to the concept of calories in versus calories out. And a lot of people will argue that calories in, calories out is like the end all be all of losing weight. And that's true, but it's also not true at the same time because depending on where you are, like, if on a health level with your metabolism, with your hormone pathways and how everything is functioning, with your digestive health, with your stress management, all that stuff, your body is going to use calories effectively or it's not. Um, and this is where fad diets sort of miss the mark. Really any kind of diet um, can sort of miss the mark is the fact that we have to take in the, that, the fact that metabolism, our metabolism and our bodies, our bodies are so fucking smart, you guys. You're not going to be able to outsmart it. You're just not going to be able to quote unquote trick it into doing something that you want it to do because it's got a certain way it wants to work. And if you push it too far in one direction, it's going to fucking push back on you. And you, this is where we get into the situation where you take somebody who um, wants to lose weight. So they go on a diet and they lose some weight and then eventually they stop losing weight. And so they either gain the weight back or they keep dieting or they finish the diet and go back to eating 
eating the way that they were eating before. And again, they gain the weight back. And so what do they do? They try to go on another diet and maybe this time it works and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it starts to be a little bit harder to lose that weight. And this is where we talk about the concept of your metabolism being adaptive. So metabolism in regards to how many calories you're burning in a day um, depends on a few different things. So you've got your metabolic rate, which is, you know, that's your metabolism, how it runs is all of your body's functions in addition to um, the energy output from like movement and exercise and stuff like that. And so you've got your total daily energy expenditure, which is your total daily output. And then you have your basal metabolic rate, which is the rate at which your body burns calories simply to survive and do its basic functions. And so your basal metabolic rate, which is the rate that your body burns irregardless of exercise and movement is something that can sort of shift because you can always output more calories via exercise and movement, but your basal metabolic rate or that, that rate at which your body's going to function is the part that's going to be adapting. So fun fact, when you eat less calories, your body adapts to running on less calories. That is just the way the cookie crumbles. And there's really not a way around that. Um, it's science friends, go look it up. Um, so what happens is when you go into these calorie deficits, your body starts to adapt to that low calorie threshold. So maybe you were eating, let's say for 2000 calories a day, you drop to, for the sake of ease, 1500 calories a day, which is a very big drop. You guys, I would not, not recommend that kind of calorie drop. First of all, um, there's ways to manage a calorie deficit in a way that won't leave you reeling from, you know, and you will adapt so much faster in that situation. So you're eventually getting to this 1500 calorie mark. Your body's now running at 1500 calories. Let's say you lose whatever weight you want to lose. Your body's now running on 1500 calories. So you go, cool. I lost the weight. My diet is over. Let me go back up to this 2000 calorie range. Holy shit. I gained a bunch of weight back. That's because your body has adapted to that 1500 calorie mark and you haven't given yourself time to bring your metabolism back up. This is the concept of a reverse diet where you slowly taper in back food, get your metabolic rate going. Your metabolism is akin to a fire. The more fuel you give it, the more it's going to burn. But if you dump a bunch of shit on the fire without giving it time to grow, you're going to have some issues. So you have to get to this point where um, you've increased the calories. And likely this comes along with some manipulation of activity as well. If you started increasing activity in an effort to lose weight, but you want to eventually be able to back off and get to a more maintainable spot, maybe instead of doing ca- you know cardio every single day, you want to do it maybe a few days a week in addition to working out a few days a week and the, the doing weightlifting, you, but you're right now doing five days a week weightlifting and doing five days a week of cardio, you eventually want to back off on that. You have to slowly taper back the activity and slowly increase the food that you're eating in order to get your metabolism to run effectively without dealing with the adverse effects of super having a lot of weight gain, gaining super fast after being in a calorie deficit or being on a diet for an extended period of time. So now this is the issue with fad diets is a lot of diets have like a start date and an end date. It's like, I'm going to do this for three weeks and I'm going to try to lose 10 pounds in three weeks. Cool. Maybe you lost that 10 pounds in three weeks, but you're going to get it back more than likely. And usually in this scenario, this is where you can actually call, have, have, a, have a phenomenon called overshooting, fat overshooting, where when you 
gain weight back, you typically don't gain more fat cells, um, except for when you're putting yourself in a, a position for that fat cell hypertrophy, where those fat cells will expand. And then if you're overfeeding, i.e. eating way too much food after being in a diet for an extended period of time, you can actually create new fat cells. Um, yay. Um, and so in that scenario, you want to make sure that you're not doing anything like, oh, my diet is quote unquote over. Let me just go back to where I was. You need to have an exit strategy. This is again where having a coach comes in because we can make sure that after you've been in a calorie deficit, you can come out of that calorie deficit in a way that's not going to undo all of the effort that you did. Now, the downside to this for a lot of people is that sometimes that 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 weight loss or that fat loss doesn't happen necessarily as fast as they want it to. Tough noogies, you guys, deal with it. If it's going to happen slower, it's usually going to be easier to keep off. The quick weight loss is usually something that a lot of people struggle with, and this is where we see the concept of yo-yo dieting. And then eventually, your body's just not going to want to lose weight at all, and then that's where people think, oh, my metabolism's broken. Your metabolism can't break. It can't adapt though. And it just, and if it's adapted down, you can adapt it back up. It's going to take a little bit of effort and it's going to be more difficult or less difficult depending on how much you've put your body through and how much you've asked of it. So, um, this is why the situation with like keto and IF get a really bad rep on social media from the coaching industry as a whole is because people use it as like a fad diet strategy in order to restrict calories. When in fact, keto and IF are strategies that are meant for addressing specific health concerns. And they can actually be really beneficial in specific scenarios where they're not being used to create a calorie deficit, but they're not most likely being used in an effort to maybe reduce inflammation, to better manage insulin resistance, things like that, um, create reducing digestive stress. So IF and keto, intermittent fasting, which is where you, you know, you fast for a certain amount of time and you have a certain window of time where you eat. So maybe you fast for 16 hours, you have a, um, a window of eight hours to eat, things like that. Fasting and keto, again, can be beneficial, but it's not appropriate for the majority of, of humans. And I actually get this question a lot in my DMs. I actually just had a friend from college. He reached out. He goes, hey, um, some, somebody that I work with just lost like, you know, some weight on keto and I was thinking about doing it, but my wife told me not to. Like, what are your thoughts? And I was like, well, it depends. <laughs> in, in what context are we talking? And he's like, well, weight loss. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it because it's not an appropriate usage of that style of eating because, uh, you know, especially for somebody who loves carbs, who loves food, you like to go out to eat, maybe you like to have a glass of wine every now and then. Keto is going to be very difficult to maintain as a lifestyle whole and you're always going to have to be going back on the diet, back onto keto. I'm getting back on keto on this day because I fell off of keto, blah, blah, blah. Same thing like with IF, um, you know, it, they both can be misused and that's when they start getting a really bad reputation. And unfortunately, you know, and, and me as a coach also, I used to be very against like, oh, I'm never using keto. I'm never using IF. I've got clients that I'm using these strategies with right now, you guys. And they're, but we're again, we're not using them. For weight loss specifically, we're using them for other reasons because these people have underlying issues and concerns that we're trying to sort of reestablish some homeostasis within their body systems. And we're using keto and IF not in a calorie deficit context, but in a how can we make your body work better? How can we help repair these pathways and these systems within your body using these as a strategy that is temporary and we're eventually going to come away from them, right? 
right? They're not, they're not a long-term lifestyle strategy. They're an acute time frame. This we're using it for this specific reason, for this specific stretch of time, and then we're gonna come out of it at some point. Um, and that's that's where we're using them. So I now can't be like, oh, keto sucks. Well, it actually is pretty fucking cool if you're using it the right way and you're using it for what it's meant to be used for. Same with IF, you guys. Um, so that's my that's my hot take on why I've changed my mind about keto, just as a general concept and, and things to just be aware of when it comes to dieting and trying to lose weight and getting sucked into things. Anything that's got like a fancy name on it or that has a time limit on it. Um, you know, even if you see these fun challenges on Instagram, like it's sometimes cool. It can be really like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And it's sometimes fun to put like a time limit on something. But when it comes to like manipulating energy intake and energy output, I don't necessarily like to put always hard and fast time limits on that because you have, your body's going to adapt. And if you want to find sort of a happy medium of like, where can you just live without thinking about it too hard? Um, it's going to require not putting a time limit on things and usually going through the process of rebuilding your metabolic rate and, and getting to sort of a happy balance between how much food you're eating and how much energy you're out, you're, you're using, um, in regards to exercise and movement and finding something that you can truly maintain again. That's where coaching helps quite a bit. Um, so if you are somebody who has sort of struggled on and off on that yo-yo dieting thing, um, DM me yo-yo and I will know exactly what you're talking about. And let's start and just have a conversation about where things maybe went wrong with you and, and what are some steps you can take moving forward to help get you out of that cycle. So DM me yo-yo if you want to chat more about this. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today to What the Funk and I will talk with you guys later. What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Okay, well, the long-awaited podcast is finally here. Um, hey, everybody, welcome to What the Funk, tackling hormone health and healing without losing your damn mind, because let's face it, it can be a little bit maddening. So I just wanted to take a little bit of time today to tell you who I am, a little bit about me, a little bit more about my background, what my own personal experiences are, and how it sort of drove me to this place with a coaching business now online, where my focus is to essentially dethrone diet culture um, and just help individuals feel better because I've, I've lived that life and I've lived in that body that just feels like shit all the time. And you feel totally hopeless and helpless and you feel like you don't have any control and it's hard to find answers. So I knew I didn't want other people to suffer the same way that I did. So I just sort of fell into this by default. So, um, a little bit of backstory on me. Um, I actually got my first gym membership when I was actually at home, I guess I consider my first gym membership, my home gym. When I was 13, I remember telling my mom and dad, I don't feel confident in my body. There was this big trip to Sunsplash that was going to be coming up at the end of eighth grade. And in Arizona, where I have lived my whole life, um, you know, the end of the eighth grade, the middle schoolers, the eighth graders got to go to Sunsplash, which is a water park. And uh, I was a little bit uh, more mm, voluptuous than the rest of the girls in my grade. I, I hit puberty pretty early, um, especially in the hips and ass department. I know there's a lot of you ladies out there that can relate to that. 
And I just felt really, really uncomfortable in my skin. And so my parents were awesome. They bought me like a weeder home gym setup. And I remember working out at home by myself, like in the home gym in the front room of our house for like a solid two years. And then when I was 16 and got my first job um, and my dance studio closed down also because I was a dancer for a little while, um, I did get a gym membership where some of the girlfriends from my high school worked and worked out at. And I got my first personal trainer at the same time too, which was pretty, pretty cool. Um, And from there, I just fell in love with working out. However, you know, that's a slippery, slippery slope when you're going into it with no context and you're so young and impressionable. And needless to say, one thing led to another, you know, eating disorders ensued, you know, actually, I was bulimic from the time I was 15 to about the time I was 22, 23 years old. Um, And so, you know, dealing with all of that, I blame 17 magazine, I feel personally victimized by the, uh, you know, uh, get your summer bod or do this to get six pack abs. And I would obsess over these magazines and these diets and things like that, that I would see. Um, And, you know, it, 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 made a big impression on me and unfortunately impacted my health. So, um, you know, fast forward to my early twenties, um, and mid twenties, and I subsequently got diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis as well as endometriosis. So, um, if you don't know what those two things are, Hashimoto's uh, thyroiditis is a autoimmune thyroid condition where your body attacks your thyroid and it basically causes it to not function, which causes all sorts of havoc on with your um, metabolism, with your brain function, with your other sex hormones, and you just feel like shit like 100% of the time. I remember being really, really scared because I was so fatigued. And at the time I had a 45 minute commute to work and I actually fell asleep driving multiple times on the freeway to work and one time got in an accident. And that was sort of my breaking point of, I need to do something about this. I can't just keep living my life the way that I've been living it. I know that there's something wrong and I need to do something about it. And I think that we all kind of can resonate with that. Oh shit moment of, I need to do something. Something has to change because how I'm living is not working. Um, and then subsequently was then diagnosed with endometriosis, which is a reproductive chronic illness where Parts of my endometrial tissue have implanted themselves outside of my uterus into other parts of my body, causing lots of pain during my period, um, very excruciating pain, vomiting, um, severe PMS, lots of pain during ovulation. And I was on birth control for a long time. And that's a whole nother story that will definitely cover that. I actually have a um, guest, uh, you know, coach who's going to be coming on and we're going to be talking all things birth control and estrogen and dominance um, and environmental estrogens um, here is coming up at the end of July, which I'm very, very excited about for that. So um, I will be bringing on other coaches and other experts in the industry because I think it's so, so important to hear things from multiple perspectives. And I think that in the fitness industry, um, I'm definitely more of a collaboration over competition type of individual. I think there's room for everybody to grow because I think that every individual needs something from me as a coach or from somebody else as a coach. I, you know, everybody needs what they need. And so I love that there's just been this influx of really amazing coaches who are really determined to do really well by their clients and learn as much as they can so they can have the biggest impact in a positive way that they absolutely can. So Fast forward to now, I'm 30 going on 31. It's actually July 1st today while I'm recording this and my birthday is on July 16th, so I'll be 31. And due to, you know, a lot of the things that I've learned and a lot of my experience um, just with my own journey, I'm now at a point where I'm not on 
thyroid medication at all. My Hashimoto's is fully self-managed through lifestyle and diet and supplementation. Um, my period is a non-issue. I was able to come off birth control. My hormones are the best they've ever been. Um, I don't have debilitating cramps anymore or tons of pain and bloating during ovulation anymore. All through just using food, exercise, and nutrition as well as functional supplementation to just heal my body. And so that's essentially what I do now. But I also kind of take a bit of a fitness twist on it because I love working out. I love being in the gym. I love getting stronger. And honestly, a lot of my clients are of that same mindset. They want to be strong. They want to be empowered. And they're in it for more than just looking and changing their looks, although that can be a goal of theirs. But they're in it because they're just so fed up with feeling like shit. And that's really what it comes down to is that life is too short to have a poor quality of life. So hence my mission. Um, so the whole point of today's podcast is to sort of premise everything with what I boil down to my coaching philosophy. And that is your diet sucks. I can fix it. So let's talk diet culture for a moment. So you heard me talk a little while ago about a little while ago about um, 17 magazine and just the construct of diet culture where there is this perceived ideal of physique and health that we identify with a certain body type or a certain look. And it's a load of crap. It's a load of crap. It really is. Because diet culture and chronic dieting kind of go hand in hand, there's just been this sort of epidemic of fad diets, dieting, low calorie, um, you know, cutting out entire food groups, which has over time will have a really negative impact on an individual's metabolism and their hormones. And that usually represents itself in unwanted weight gain, in brain fog, in gut issues, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, usually results in low sex drive, low libido, can cause fertility issues, can cause issues with your reproductive health. And, and we're always like, well, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? You start talking to somebody and you realize you've been trying to diet and lose weight how many times a year for the last how many years? And so that cycle of chronic dieting, in addition to, you know, any genetic or environmental factors that might impact your chronic or autoimmune system, you know, uh, your immune system may be potentially causing autoimmune disease or, you know, chronic illness and whatever you're prone to from a genetic standpoint and an environmental standpoint, combined with lifestyle of chronic dieting, always trying to push, work out harder, go on crash diets, do these crazy challenges, leaves you in a state where you're just like, I cannot do this anymore. And I know there has to be a solution out there. I just don't know what it is. And you just keep looking, you keep looking, you keep looking. And hopefully eventually you find that solution. Hopefully maybe you're stumbling across this podcast and you're like, why are you calling me out on my life <laughs> like right now? And if that's you, then you are absolutely in the right place to get some answers. Um, you know, so I'm really glad that you're here. I'm really excited to dive in. This episode is very going to be, you know, very much, very cursory, going to be pretty low key. I don't want to go into anything too in depth. just wanted to introduce myself and go over my values, what I see, and, and essentially what my mission is. So, you know, I talk in the intro, my coaching philosophy is simple, eat more, move better, and feel amazing. And, and this is what it breaks down to is that due to chronic dieting, everybody's metabolism, not everybody's right, but the majority of the individuals that come to me or talk to me or end up working with me have been eating very low calorie for a very long time. So their metabolism, or their body, the rate at which their body burns calories, 
your body is super smart. It's going to adapt to low calories if that's what you're feeding it on any kind of consistent basis. Meaning the second that you eat above your metabolic rate or exceed the amount of, you know, your total daily energy expenditure or your TDEE, if you've ever seen that acronym thrown around, that's when you start to gain weight. And sometimes even on very low calories, people find themselves gaining weight and they're like, I have no idea what's going on. Now, to be fair, sometimes it is just a lack of awareness, a lack of true accountability. And they, they think that you're eating really low calories and you're really not. But honestly, I see the ladder of, no, you really are eating very low calories. And so a lot of times when I start working with people, I just get like a food log for a few days. Either they're tracking it in like an app like MyFitnessPal, or we do just a photo food log. Keep it pretty simple. I would say about 70% of my clients don't even track calories and see great results because it's not necessary. And especially if you have a negative relationship and uh, with food and tracking apps and tracking calories can kind of trigger you a little bit. Um, it's not worth it. Um, there's other there's other options out there besides just tracking calories or tracking macros. So if you feel like that's your only option, it's not, I promise you. But I get an idea, okay, what is the day in the life of, you know, Jane over the course of like, you know, Thursday through Sunday. And I look across the board and I'm looking at her food and she's maybe eating like 800 to 1200 to 1300 calories a day. And then all of a sudden one day she's got like 3,500 calories on her food log. And I'm just like, well, I see the problem. Um, and that is the fact that the majority of the time you're not giving your body what it needs. Now it's, it's just a basic principle that for some of our basic bodily functions and hormone processes, they require an adequate amount of nutrients in order to function properly, which is why when you eat very low calories, you send those systems sort of out of whack. And that results in the brain fog, fatigue, irritability, low sex drive, gut issues, reproductive issues, things like that, right? So then what happens is we have to kind of slowly increase our food. And I very rarely tell people that anything is off limits unless they're like allergic to something, right? Or we maybe have to do some kind of food sensitivity, um, you know, elimination diet and find if there are any triggers causing additional inflammation. But that's usually not the first thing that I do. So eat more. Most people need to just eat more food. And that's a very hard thing to come to terms with mentally, when we've been taught through diet culture that less food is better, that the less calories I eat, the better. And it just, it drives me batty. But it is so cool to see when people finally see the other side of it. And they're like, I didn't realize that I could, I could feed myself and I feel so much better. And they start to add muscle. They start to potentially lose weight. Their periods regulate better. They have less digestive issues. Their skin clears up, their hair starts to grow. And they're like, wow. I'm like, yep. You just needed to give your body more. Okay. Now the second half or the second part of my coaching philosophy is that we need to move smarter because with working out more is not always better. Um, in fact, I would say the majority of individuals, again, that I work with, um, if they're not going from not working out at all, we have to pull back on the amount of activity that they're doing because they're using activity as a way to either make up for calories that they've eaten, which it doesn't work that way, or they're using it as a way to continue to lose weight. But what they're doing with this overtraining is they're causing more stress to their body and chronic stress from anything, you know, too much of exercise is going to make it hard to manage your stress response, which results in things like weight gain, irritability, trouble falling asleep, brain fog. You see where I'm going with this? So we have to manage their movement to be better instead of just more, which is really, really cool. 
Another thing I do with some of my clients is that we will actually phase in their training intensity uh, depending on their menstrual cycle. Um, this is especially really helpful for individuals who struggle with um, severe PMS, PMDD, lots of cramps, lots of mood swings, you know, anything of that sort. Those things aren't normal. They are a sign of an imbalance. And usually it's just a matter of having to monitor and change how we approach our bodies during different parts of our menstrual cycle to work with our bodies instead of against it. So we minimize a lot of those negative symptoms, right? We don't have to be at war with our bodies constantly. Again, that will be another topic I will dive a lot more into as the podcast grows and as we go on. So um, that is the first two parts of it. And then the last part of it is feel amazing because the bottom line of anything that we're doing for our health is to improve our quality of life, right? We want to feel more, experience more, be present, be aware, and not be burdened by not feeling good on a regular basis. We don't want our life memories to be overshadowed by the pain that we were in or the fact that we were so tired through that whole experience that we couldn't really truly enjoy it. Um, and then also how it impacts your professional life, because dealing with a lot of this stuff can impact us professionally in how you're physically able sometimes to show up for your job. And that that also can impact your quality of life because you feel like crap, you don't perform well, it starts to become a thing, maybe somebody says something to you about it, and then it just adds more stressors into your life. So the bottom line is that anything that we're doing is made for the purposes intended to improve your quality of life. So those are really the big three things that I focus on with everybody that I work with. And then how that looks in their lives obviously varies. Right now I do mostly um, private one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, which is customized coaching. So all of the programs are tailored to the individual, which is really beneficial because not everybody has the same 24 hours in a day, but they fall under those umbrellas. And that is my philosophy of coaching is that we need to eat more 99.9% of the time, we need to move better. So we're working with our bodies, not against it. And we need to feel amazing. And that comes with, you know, stress management, improving quality of life, you know, and also other lifestyle habits like, you know, sleep, setting boundaries, right? We talk, I talk a lot with a lot of my clients about setting boundaries, because a lot of times when you start to shift your life with your health, it challenges other people in your life. And sometimes what happens is, they try to bring you down because either you're presenting them with something that they're insecure about or you're not fitting into the box that they're comfortable you being in. And they don't always do this maliciously, but it's still important to have those boundaries. And so I love being able to be a support for my clients and maintaining those boundaries within their personal and professional lives because at the bottom line, I'm on their side and it's about them or it's about you. And you need to make sure that you are holding those boundaries because otherwise the changes that are trying to take place in your life with your health to get everything back on track is gonna be pretty ineffective if you're getting bowled over by the people in your life trying to make everybody else happy because you gotta focus on you, right? Self-care, um, and I need to look up this quote. I was listening to a podcast with Queen Herbie and she said, and the, the concept of self-care is actually attributed to somebody else and I'll definitely find it and I'll talk about it in the next podcast because this is so important. Self-care is an act of political rebellion or something that you do for yourself to make yourself stronger so that you can no longer be cowed by, you know, systemic norms like diet culture, like racism, like bias, like sexism, things like that. So when we take care of ourselves, we are being rebellious to the things that are trying to keep us down, which is such a 
cool concept when I think about it. I'm just like, wow, that is that is really powerful. Because when you start to take care of yourself and you start to be more of who you are and feel better in your skin, you become unstoppable. You become a fucking force of nature beyond what you thought was possible in multiple areas of your life. So again, that's that whole, our goal is to feel amazing, not just physically, but mentally. And then, you know, there's also the side of it where I have some clients who do have physique goals. Maybe they do want to eventually lose weight and that is totally fine. You can want to feel better and want to lose weight, but do it in a way that's healthy. You can, all those things can coexist together. So don't feel like you have to do this. If you have a weight loss goal that it makes you wrong, it doesn't. We just got to get your body working in a way, you know, that is going to be more beneficial. And the goal is for this podcast to help break down some of these bigger concepts. You know, I, I haven't had a long form content option with my Instagram, obviously, sometimes I do lives, but I'm really excited about this podcast because it'll allow me to dive a little deeper for those individuals who are wanting a little more context of how does this look and how can this fit into my life? So that is all I wanted to say today. I'm going to stop there because I want to get a couple more episodes recorded so that I have them ready to go for you guys. I'm leaving for Wisconsin tomorrow to go visit um, my boyfriend and his family. Um, he's been up there for a few weeks, um, which is kind of crazy because I just traveled for two weeks. I was in Ireland. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw we had crazy, crazy travels, but I'm very, very excited to get these recorded for you, get these up. And I'm so excited for the podcast and I appreciate everybody's support. Um, people have been asking me to do a podcast for a while now. I just didn't get around to it and now I'm finally doing it. So I'm very very, very, very excited to be here. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today on What the Funk, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the What the Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review, and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support, and I will see you next time.